0: I'm delighted, I've been lotty dotting. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top, man. These boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot, and they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. Do it too, you will never lose if you ever do. Must have been a ruse, Ricky. That's my dude, scoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win, spend a little again. I've been for spittled it in. My god, I riddled again. I told them, stop clowning around. They said, What goes up comes down. I said, I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so dare to light. I stay ready tonight. Dive, we rise, that's the manly, all right. the D- Delight, D- Delight. Da-da-da, da da Welcome to another edition of the David Delight brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we are going to continue on our trend of talking about the 2021 guys that we really like. We did the quarterback rankings, the running back rankings, and this week we are going to unveil our 2021 wide receiver top 10 rankings. As always, I
1: am joined by my partner, Stoops. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to dive into this one. You know that receivers are uh, the position I like to, to look into a little bit more, I've I've got my favorites. I've got some that I'm kind of on the fence about, but definitely excited to uh dig in a little bit deeper with this class.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. This class is pretty loaded and it's pretty deep and I think that um it's got, it's it's got some question marks throughout, kind of like what we talked about last week with the quarter uh with the running backs. I think there's some question marks within there and I'm kind of excited to talk about these guys. And like I said, the new fresh faces are kind of fun. Folks, if you've been listening, uh, we did have a new intro music. Our buddy Gabe from uh, the Open Bar Pod uh, stirred us up some new music for the beginning of the show. We wanted to unveil it for Season 2. I kind of dig it a lot. Um, I know Stoops and I are going to go on their podcast here in the near future. I'm pretty excited about that as well, Stoops.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely excited. And When I heard him... um essentially give us the the okay to come on on their latest episode um definitely reached out to him as soon as I could and we got things scheduled up and it'll be exciting I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get on with them all right Stoops kick us off with your 10 through 6 rankings yeah all right start starting at number 10 um we got a guy actually I came on to this whole Memphis team right I keep telling you this every week I keep coming on to all these Memphis players but uh Demonte, DeMonte Coxey from Memphis, um, love what I saw on him uh, from him on film. Number nine, I've got Tylen Wallace. Um, he was one that we we really expected to to come out last year before the injury happened. So definitely uh, excited to see what he does this year with that Oklahoma State team. So Tylen Wallace at number nine. Number eight, I've got Devonte Devonta Smith out of Alabama. Number seven, got my boy Jamon Osmond out of Texas A and M. Absolutely love him. Uh, number six, I've got one of your boys, Amon Ross Saint Brown out of USC.
0: Uh, Coming in at number 10, I got Tyler Vaughn out of USC. Um, He's one guy that I really like. This USC team is just loaded with talent from every, uh, every position on the offensive side of ball. Uh, Terrence Marshall Jr., LSU. I like him a whole lot. There's going to be a lot of targets available for some of these LSU players. And we'll talk about another one a little bit more in the, uh, later on. Trevor Grimes, somebody I really like a whole lot out of Florida. Uh, Tamar- uh, Tamarian Taylor Terry? Tamarion Terry? There we go. Whatever, one of those two. From FSU is at number seven. And Jalen Waddle from Alabama coming in at number six. Um, Stoops, who in this um, enchilada of ten through six is? Is a guy that you wanted to talk about.
1: Well, you know, as soon as an AM guy gets mentioned anywhere, right? I gotta <laughs> talk about it. So um, but 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 really, Jamon been is a guy I'm gonna touch base on. He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school, seventy-three ranked player in the nation, number ten receiver, um, and he was number fourteen player in Texas. So he battled some injuries back in the 2018 season, so he didn't have a full year there, um, so his numbers were a little bit lower. But, man, I have watched him essentially since his his first you know, reps at, at A&M um, up until this most recent season. And the, the progression that I've seen over the years really uh, speaks volumes for his work ethic as well as what they do at A&M. Yes, they have not been putting it together on the field as far as overall wins. They're playing top competition, but it, it hits a point, right? and I'll get to the Osmond stats in a second, but it's like, you look at all the programs, right, you have a top five, top six, top ten recruiting class, like, you gotta start putting it together, and a and not the only one that's you know, falling fallen through that, uh, Texas, right, they had a top recruiting class, and they just, they just didn't put it together as well um, as we expected, but Looking at Jamon Osburn's stats, I mean, back in 2017, he had 50 receptions, 571 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. So, again, very light uh, freshman season there. 2018 is where he battled those injuries a little bit more. He only had 27 receptions for 350 yards. Um, no touchdowns at all. So definitely a an off year for him in that that season. But coming into 2019, he played 13 games, um, 68 receptions. He caught 71.6% of his pass, of the passes thrown his way for 901 yards and only had five touchdowns. That's a number I really want to see go up this year. Um, Kellen Mond and Osbin, they actually went to high school together at IMG Academy, so they have the chemistry, it's there. That's why Osmond is generally the more targeted receiver out of everybody on that offense. Um, so you see his his abilities quite a bit more because he is getting targeted. But um, I've absolutely loved what I've seen from him, his big play ability. Um, he's kind of the reverse from a lot of the guys that we've talked about before, how, you know, like a Henry Ruggs or um, you know, even like a Jalen Waddle, for example, in this class, um, how they're kind of like a big play. They're either speed, they can get that deep threat jamon osmond's capable of it but he's more of that you know intermediate type player he'll get you those first downs he'll get you those much needed yards in that short area so eight to eight to 13 yards he had 23 um, receptions which was 33.8 percent of his total catches so he's definitely getting you those first downs he's getting you those yardages there once you go to the 14 to 20 yards he had 16 receptions That's 23.5 percent of his total plays and then again 21 plus yards he had nine receptions so not a huge uh, part of his game there but it is something that he's capable of doing so looking at the red zone production um when we're in the red zone, he had 19 targets, which is definitely a, um, an awesome number to see. He only, only had nine receptions. And again, we've talked about this many, many times previously. He only had nine receptions, but were they dropped? Was it, you know, Kellen Mond, who was the most inaccurate AM quarterback I've ever seen, but uh, was he just throwing the ball away to not throw an interception, anything like that? We, we don't know, but nonetheless, 19 targets is definitely a number i really, really like to see. And all five of his uh, touchdowns, receiving touchdowns this season, came inside the red zone. So he is a, a trusted receiver. Um, with Kellen Mond, again, they've built that chemistry. But I just think at the next level even, he is someone that a quarterback can rely on inside the red zone. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on in that aspect. Um Last thing I'm going to talk about here about him, but his big game performances is what I've done with a lot of these other prospects that we've talked about throughout the other podcasts, man. You look at AM's uh, schedule last season, it was brutal. There was there was many schedules throughout the co- college landscape that were pretty brutal, but they played um, four top five ranked teams, and then five of those ten... Uh, are f- Five top ten teams, and then six that were in the top twenty five. So they played a lot of top ranked opponents, and the stats against those, I'm just going to say it as one big, you know, uh, combination. But 32 receptions on 43 targets, that's 74.4 um, percent catch rate for 368 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns for 16 first downs. So I mean, that's against you know the the Clemson's, the Alabama, the LSU's, Georgia's, obviously Auburn, those teams like that, even Oklahoma State in the bowl game. So they played some top competition, and he showed up pretty pretty well in all of them, um, with the exception of the LSU and Oklahoma State game. He had a little bit lighter stats there, but you look at it as a whole, 74.4 completion uh, receiving um, percentage there in those big games. It's definitely something I like to see, and just watching his film. Um, you see what he's capable of doing he he 's physical with his, his runs he's able to create that separation and he catches with his hands very very well so excited to see what we do this year with him um as well as the whole team but he 's definitely a guy I think you should be watching this season um and even into a, you know the the n f l draft process for next year
0: yeah, one guy that I really like in this bottom tier of these of my rankings is Trevor Grimes from uh Florida. He's a four-star prospect out of Florida, a uh, six-ranked receiver in his class. He's six foot five, two hundred and fourteen pounds. Transferred from Ohio State. Um, we talked about, or we haven't really talked in depth too much about Kyle Trask, but we all know about our love for him, and I think that he is going to utilize. Grimes in every aspect of the game, especially obviously in the red zone, and I'll touch on that a little bit. 34% of the Gators uh, yardage from last year is gone between Cleveland, Jefferson, and of course you have um, uh, P. Ryan gone as well. So you have a lot of yardage that's wide open for somebody to pick up the slack on. A few things that kind of stand out to me whenever you look at um, Grimes' stats is this. First down, first and 10 plus, 15 catches, so 15 of his 33 catches last year came on first down, converting 8 of them for first downs. That to me is a number that I really like because that means he's being targeted early and often in games and are early and often in downs. And that's important because you want a guy that's going to be garnering targets all over the football field. When you look at his stats from last year, nothing really jumps off the page. He only had one game with... Uh, he didn't even have a game last year with over 100 yards receiving, but he did have a big game against Vanderbilt. Yes, it was Vanderbilt, but four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of showed flashes of what he's capable of doing um, if he is given the opportunity to do so. A 66-yard touchdown pass in that uh, in that game right there. He's another guy that I think he's... His size is really, really big, obviously the six five is something that stands out to me that's why I like him a whole lot is that size due to that size he's you know he's got the long strides down the field he's an outside playmaking receiver that um he's got massive big play ability he's sneaky fast as well he's he's long and lanky but also fast, which is something that you love to see from a wide receiver in a standpoint like this um He's gonna be a go-to target. You know, his red zone stats were his red zone stats were very good. He's seven targets, six catches, converting two for touchdowns. You can't complain too much about that, and you only think that's gonna only grow with his stats this year. But the one thing that I really liked the most about Grimes' stats last year was on third and fourth down, Grimes got twelve of thirteen passes and he converted eight of those for first downs. I just love, he is the go to guy. And I think Trask and him are going to connect on a lot of different plays this year because you got to understand, man, like when Trask obviously is big himself. So you've got to go down in that red zone. And this team, like Stoops and I have talked about, this team's going to be a loaded team in. Uh, college football this year i truly believe that florida's probably the best team right now in the sec heading into this season i think they have a chance to play in the uh in the bowl game next year or not in the bowl game but in the uh in the pl- college playoff next year if all the pieces come together they have a- all the talent in the world to do so and yeah they're missing a couple pieces from this year but they've got just as many tools on this roster this year as they did last year and i think that grimes is going to be the go-to guy and that's why I'm so high on him. I think that he's got all the upside in the world to produce and be good and have this ability to showcase himself and slowly but surely rise up the draft boards. Because once you, in my opinion, Soups and I have a, a somewhat similar. Uh, Enchilada, the top guys, you know, I think we have a couple of guys in the same in that top five category, but, you know, that first three are kind of interchangeable almost, but outside of that, that whole second tier of wide receivers can really be uh, spoken for in very different ways, and that's why Grimes is one of the guys I really like, Stoops.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Florida's going to be a team to definitely keep an eye on this year. Um, they're, They're probably the most... At this point, you would say almost most complete team. They're getting a lot of pieces back. They did lose some guys, obviously, but I think with some transfers they got in and with the the current pieces they have returned, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be very, very scary to play.
0: All right, Steve, kick us off with your 5-1 through in this uh, 2021 wide receiver class.
1: All right, starting at number 5, I've got uh, Sage Surratt out of Wake Forest. Um, He was another guy. Absolutely loved him. Um, Injuries kind of shortened his season, but Sage Surratt out of Wake Forest at number 5. I've got uh, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota at number four. Number three, I've got Rondell Moore out of Purdue. And then this is kind of where it, you know, like you said, top two for sure. It's pretty pretty interchangeable. But Justin Ross, I've got uh, number two out of Clemson. And then Jamar Chase, to me, is a clear-cut number one. But obviously, if people interchange him, you know, wouldn't wouldn't fault him for it. But Jamar Chase, number one. That's my top five.
0: My top five is Ronald, uh, Rondell Moore at uh, number five with out of Purdue. Devontae Smith coming in at number four out of Alabama. Amon Ross, uh, Ross St. Brown out of USC, um, a guy that I like a whole lot. Justin Ross at number two. And Jamar Chase at number one. I agree with you 100%. I think Chase is hands down um, the best guy in this class. I think people are just looking at the fact that maybe his stats aren't going to be as grand as they were last year. You know what I mean? And of course they're not. You know what I mean? Joe Burrow's gone. Brady's Joe Brady's gone. Everybody's gone, so it's going to be a new system. But you know what? It's He's still going to make plays. And just like they tell us all the time about Jordan Love, we'll just sit there and say about Chase. Just watch the <laughs> 2019 tape. But um, what's uh, what's one guy in that top five that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, the guy I'm going to talk about is Rashad Bateman um, out of Minnesota. He was a four-star prospect coming <laughs> out of high school as well. 367th ranked player in the nation, number 60 – or the 61st um, wide receiver and then 40th ranked player out of Georgia. So um, his 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 years at Minnesota so far, he's had pretty solid seasons, um, 2018, 12 games. Um, he only caught 59.8% of the, the passes thrown his way, but he had 670 receiving yards for six uh, six receiving touchdowns. 2019 he played 13 games uh, 60 receptions 66.7 catch percent out of that one 1219 receiving yards for 11 touchdowns so um overall he's got some pretty solid numbers uh this year i think he's good this is probably going to be his best season i think um got tanner morgan back they've got some chemistry going on especially if you started watching towards the tail end of the season they really started to uh to link up quite a bit and get some 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 solid plays throughout the, the last couple of games there. But with Tyler Johnson gone, I mean, that's 113 targets that are going to be now distributed elsewhere. Um, obviously, Bateman's not going to get all 113. That'd be nice to see him get, you know, over close to 200 uh, targets, but that's not going to happen. So it's still a lot of targets to go around. 1300 plus yards um, and 13 receiving touchdowns that's what's going to be vacant so that's what's got to go somewhere and obviously numbers uh, stats will fluctuate you know whether it's more or less doesn't matter but the fact that tyler johnson won't be there bateman's going to be the guy this year right he's going to be the number one option he's going to be where morgan looks essentially every play you know he's going to be the first option so definitely definitely excited to see what we get out of him this season um so the big play on his aspect, he's actually pretty even um, on all those yardages that I've listed off on on previous players. But that eighteen to thirteen yard range, sixteen plays, that's twenty six point um, seven percent of his total catches. Fourteen to twenty yards, he had eighteen, and that's thirty percent of his total catches. And then twenty one plus, twenty one plus yards, he had twenty receptions out of that one. So um, he's definitely got some some big playability in him Uh, he's able to make those contested catches he had a couple catches last year that just i was surprised he even came down with it so he's very sure-handed um i absolutely loved what i saw out of him and same kind of thing red zone production 13 targets he had nine receptions for 108 yards and six receiving uh six receiving touchdowns inside the red zone and whenever you look outside the red zone he had seventy-seven targets, fifty-one receptions uh, for one thousand one hundred and eleven receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. So, I've loved what I saw out of him, and his his dominator ratings have been phenomenal. His his uh, the two thousand eighteen season twenty-seven point three percent dominator rating, In two thousand nineteen he was at a thirty-five point five percent dominator rating. So, he's definitely someone that is going to be used early and often anywhere on the field. I mean, he he gets it all done. So absolutely love what i've seen from him i'm excited to see what he does this season and i think that minnesota team is still going to be a a top team to to deal with over in that conference so it's gonna be exciting um i'm just man this this just kind of hit me i'm just I'm, I'm ready for for college football to start i know we're you know in the middle of nfl draft season and everything and that's exciting but for us and me me especially man i i love the college football aspect of everything so i'm excited to get back to those games and and see what these guys do on the field for us.
0: Before I dive into my guy I the one thing I will touch on that I agree with you the 100% there I think there is this is one of the first years that there's so much questions around some of the top tier teams that I think it's going to make it one of the more diverse college football seasons that we've seen in a while. Obviously we have Clemson who's going to be up the top and, and then of course Ohio State's peaking there as well but Outside of that, there's big question marks at you know USC. There's big question marks now with Oregon with you know Herbert gone. There's big question marks in the entire SEC with a lot of talent there gone. So there's a lot of variance in play come um, this coming season. I think that's going to make it a lot more fun than it has been in years.
1: Yeah, one thing I want to say you mentioned earlier, and I was going to touch on it, but um, USC, right? You talk about how much talent they have. And I understand the injuries to the quarterbacks. That's just going to derail a season because you can't get that chemistry. But if USC doesn't turn things around this season, I'd be very surprised because they have so much talent on both sides of the ball that... They, they've got to turn it around, right? At some point, it's got to click. It's, it's, it's got to start to go in the right direction. And USC is a team, I know I say this about a lot of programs, but USC is a team that I'd, I'd want to keep a closer eye on because of the talent they have, not just from a Debbie you know, fantasy football aspect, but from a college football fan standpoint. Um, they've got to turn it around this year. I mean, They've got to start doing something and getting back to the USC of old.
0: I agree one hundred percent. They, you are you're right. They are loaded to, with talent. I mean, for me, like I got one guy in the top five, and then I got one in the bottom bottom half of the top ten. And I think they're both guys that are going to be utilized very well. And you know, I think Slavis came in there and produced right away. But if he can do a whole entire off season of you know training as the one and being the one, and you know training with these guys with the ones and stuff like that, I think this team's going to be elevated on the next level. But you are right. If not, then I hope the coach out there uh, you know cleans his office out because it's going to get ugly. The guy that I want to talk about in my top five is Devontae Smith. It's a guy that we've talked about on this podcast before. But for me, a lot of things stand out for me that I like a lot about him. He's 6'1", 175. Uh, four-star prospect. He was the ninth-ranked receiver um, in his class. A couple things that point out to me that stand massively out for Smith right off the bat. Okay. On a team that all you hear, not all you hear about, but a majority of what you hear about is about Henry Ruggs. About Jerry Judy. By Najee Harris, Devontae Smith ended up with 19.7 percent of the scrimmage yards last year, and that was ahead of Ruggs and Judy. That was eight points ahead of Ruggs, who I think he's better than. And then of course he's got you know the better stats than Judy, but I don't think he's better than Judy. But that's not the point here. That's impressive coming from a guy that's not as um, he wasn't the main focus of the offense per se. And some of his stats say otherwise, but I still say, you know, you have Jerry, Judy, and Henry Ruggs. That's all you hear about all season, but this guy outproduced them, you know, the entire season. He had a couple big games, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But this guy's a playmaker, all right? He was, you know, he had uh, 68 catches, 1,256 yards, and 14 touchdowns last year. He had three massive games. Massive gifts. If you kind of skew his numbers, you could say that a lot of his, you know, a lot of his stats came from these big three games, and they did. Twenty six catches, six hundred twenty three yards, and nine touchdowns in three games. The, the big game against Ole Miss: eleven catches, two seventy four, and five touchdowns in the game. LSU game: seven for two thirteen and two touchdowns, and then South Carolina: eight for one thirty six and two touchdowns. That is massive. Twenty two percent of his uh catches last year went for 21 or more yards. That is insane. He had five touchdowns over 40 yards last year. Another stat that just kind of blows my mind. First down, he was throwing the ball 41 times catching 29 of those balls, 10 converted for touchdowns. I mean, seven converted for touchdowns, 10 for uh, first downs. That's one thing that kind of blew me away as well, is he had seven first down touchdowns last year, something I really, really like. He wasn't as a big red zone threat. Obviously, when you have Jerry Judy, who's a little bit taller, you don't need him to produce in those stats. But he uh, he had six targets, caught four balls, and three touchdowns in the red zone, obviously with a lot of those targets gone. I don't foresee him. But he's not a big guy. He's 6'1", 175, and he's more of a playmaker on the outside, maybe on the inside a little bit versus you know catching a lot of red zone balls. But he's producing on every aspect of the game. There's a couple questions, and I kind of used my funny line that I wanted to use but um, for Chase, but I always want to say that as well for Devontae Smith, because a lot of this year is going to be prefixed on the idea, is Matt Jones going to be the quarterback? And if he is, we saw what we saw out of Jones last year. He's not bad. He's okay. But I don't think he's that good. So is is the quarterback play going to affect him next year? Probably. But like I said earlier, this is one of those guys that you have to go back and watch the tape and be like, wow, this guy really is good. He just had a rough year because of the quarterback play. Kind of reminds you of like a you know, in this class you got like a Jalen Reger, you know, who doesn't even have a quarterback, a guy like Courtney Davis who has a very inaccurate quarterback and stuff like that. So those are the things that you can factor in as well. Devontae Smith is a stud. I think he's a he's a big time playmaker. I think in my opinion he is light years better than a Henry Ruggs and I know that's not a very popular opinion and Stoops and I have talked on this podcast plenty of times on how we don't like not that we don't like Ruggs. We just don't think that he's that wide receiver one that everybody's uh you know, promoting and and talking about right now. But I think at the end of the last year, he had four straight games with 80-plus yards. He had a a pair of touchdowns in multiple games. He had four games last year with two or more touchdowns. He's good. And and to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, what Chase does, without the big playmakers. Obviously, these guys have a rinse-or-cycle repeat um, there's other four or five star talent coming in the door but for me Devonte smith stands out amongst this top five crowd this somebody that i really feel like can rise up the ranks i can see smith if he has a good year going as high as number two on my ranking list uh for next year
1: yeah it, it's completely possible and and i honestly wouldn't be shocked if uh mac jones isn't the starting quarterback i think bryce young can come in and, and he was a i mean i think if i remember the number one quarterback in the 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 recruiting class so i think bryce young can come in and definitely take over that starting job and i i know that um saban has had a history of going with the younger guy assuming they produce early right and then just writing them out their whole career kind of thing so i wouldn't be surprised if mac jones isn't named the starter um come week one And of course he's going to do the whole thing now Totally different situation with Tua and Jalen, right? That was a totally different situation. But how it was kind of, well, who's the starter? And he just would not answer the question. I, I think it's going to be along those same lines. And um, I wouldn't be shocked if Bryce Young was the starter. And I think that, honestly, would probably do do uh, Smith and, and Waddle and everyone else a little bit more... Um, benefit them a little bit more because they have different styles to play young can actually create on his feet and i'm not sure if mac jones really can do that on this on that same level so i think alabama is going to be an interesting team and see how they start off that season i agree 100 percent.
0: folks do us a favor head on over to expand the and utilize the tool that stoops and i use each and every week head on over to twitter give stoops a follow at stoops1990 give myself a follow at ricky underscore give the show a follow at the debbie delight and until next time we'll talk to you guys later
1: see y'all later